I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No! That's a really bad sign. aboard everybody welcome welcome thanks for joining me here on the joel mahalik show i am joel mahalik and very glad to be here very glad to have you here i'm just very glad so welcome to the program is this on all right uh do have someone over there at facebook they haven't said hi yet i see them though so i'm calling them my mystery guest tonight and that's fine uh it's sunday night thanks for coming on out and having a good time we're having a time whether it's good or not remains to be seen i'm having a good time already and i just started so people are starting to come into the facebook live broadcast at the joel mahalik show at jm talk on facebook also you can find me at twitter at wqyb radio now if you want to get everywhere in the joel mahalik nation all you got to do is go to joelmahalik.com j-o-e-l-m-i-c-h-a-l-e-c that's a mouthful dot com and from there, you can get to everywhere, the YouTube channel, the Facebook, and the Twitter, and the news page, and see what's going on, and contact us, etc., etc. It all starts there. That's the new starting ground. Now, if you want to listen to the show, post-show, on demand, maybe you weren't able to make it, or maybe you want to tell your friends about it, and I hope you do want to tell your friends about it. Then stop over to our Spreaker page, which is also, you can get that link at joelmaholic.com. Get it from the Facebook page. It's always there because we're always talking about it. And you can go there and get the episodes on demand and listen to them anytime you want. You can download them. You can put them on a CD, put them on a flash drive. Hey, put them on reel-to-reel tape if you want. So that's where you would start to get all that. Now, also, I want to remind everybody that the... The show also re-airs on Star FM in Catskill, New York on Fridays at 6 o'clock Eastern. So that link is accessible from the Facebook page. That link is accessible from joelmahalik.com. You can go there and get that link and you can play. Whether you're playing a show on demand or if you're listening to it at Star FM, it, it, we're completely mobile now. So you can use your mobile device, your tablet, your smartphone, and you can listen and watch the show from anywhere, anytime, is the whole point. So, got lots of stuff to talk about tonight, as usual. Probably would have had more had I not just stopped writing my thoughts down and writing down ideas. I had to stop at some point. Otherwise, this would have been a much longer show than I wanted it to be. I think our relationship right now is really is really good for her. 
an hour. But, uh, <laughs> you know, previously, on a previous show, I talked about Facebook and Google and that whole thing. And that can be disturbing, right? You're searching for stuff on Google. And then your timeline of Facebook starts getting populated with ads geared towards whatever it was that you were searching for. And that can be really irritating, right? And so I read about before and I started using DuckDuckGo uh, web browser search engine. And I haven't been using it enough to give you like a full on review of its behavior and whatnot. But I will keep you updated. And their forte is that they do not sell the data to anybody. So in other words, whatever you're searching for, they claim will not pop up and show up in timelines and other ads related to social media and other websites that you may visit. And that's all part of the game, right? That's what happens. You search for stuff and then your information is being sold to, you know, marketing agencies and whatnot. It, it, you know, it, it's a very uh, big involved knot and web of mystery, but that's that's how it happens. That's what happens. And uh, so this website, DuckDuckGo, claims to not do that. And so you should be able to rest assured that you won't have that problem using them as a search engine. So I have changed my search engine in my browser to that. And I'm hoping for good things because I know that it's it, it's bothersome enough. It's, it's, it's freaky. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also, Facebook was in the news. They were being taken to the carpet for for privacy stuff and, and selling, you know, information, uh, uh, you know, from profiles to other companies. And uh, I'll have more on that as we gather what's going on. And I think what's interesting is that uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I think he tried to claim that he didn't know what was going on, and that's a really bold position to take, telling people that, hey, I'm the CEO of this company. And I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> but if you know me, you know my stance on, on that kind of stuff. I mean, to take responsibility, welcoming in more people. I don't, I don't see who you are. I don't know what it is if I did something wrong. It's not telling me who's coming in. I don't know. Is the chat active? I don't know. Somebody say hi. But uh, the, the, rooms, the, the people are coming into the room and I'm not seeing what's going on. I'm hoping I didn't mess something up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I usually don't. Can't have time to do. Oh wow! I said hi, and there's twenty things popped up. Hello, Victor. Victor checking in. Hello, Charlie uh, from Star FM. Uh, John, Renee. Okay. All right. I don't know what was the delay was about. Sorry, guys. It just all showed up. Hello, welcome to the program. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, so yeah, I want to tell you about that. Try Duck Duck Go. And if you see a difference before I do, then uh, let me know, because I'm anxious to find out. Uh, I'm actually going to try to test it tomorrow. I hooked it up to my computer here at home. Hooked it up. I changed the web address. But tomorrow, the test I wanted to do is tomorrow at work, I'll search for some obscure thing that would not have any business being in my timeline. And then tomorrow night when I come home... I will hop on Facebook and see what kind of ads show up or don't show up. And so that'll be the real test. And then I'll have something to tell you next week on the program. 
But uh, so moving on to uh, our hey, today is uh, a couple things. Today is a waffles day. Now I was going to have a waffle and uh, eat it on the program, and uh, I decided not to. And I ended up having a, a, a Twinkie uh, before the show. But anyway, shh, don't tell anybody. So <laughs> so today's Waffles Day and Pecan Day. Pecan, Pecan, Pecan. What do you say? I don't know. But it again, Waffles and Pecans, 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 um, Pecan. It all relates back to this thing where it's National Nut- Nutrition Month, the month of March. So you go, oh, okay. Um more food. Now, pecans can be nutritious. I'm going to call them pecans. Pecans, sure, they have nutritional value. I don't know what kind of nutritional value waffles have unless you're looking for the nutritional value of carbs, <laughs> which is another reason I decided not to have a waffle on the air. And so I wanted to try to behave. But here's the big thing today is, and this is not a national day celebration here in the United States, and I think it should be. It's celebrated in Australia, and today is National Neighbor Day. It's Australia's annual celebration of community, encouraging people to uh, connect with those who live in their neighborhood. Doesn't that sound like something that we should have here in America? It doesn't sound like something we need to have in America. They say whether it's a cup of coffee, a picnic in a park, Messages of support. Neighbor Day is the perfect opportunity to say thanks for being a great neighbor and for being there to lend a hand. Now, obviously, right off the bat, we don't all have all great neighbors. Uh, we uh, Sometimes we have a wombat neighbor. So, but, having said that, I still believe that this is something that we could do here in America. So, uh, the annual theme for 2018 is, I like this, the importance of a supportive neighborhood for children and young people. That is the 2018 theme for Neighbor Day in Australia this year. So, I just think we need to do this. I think this is something that, you know, certainly will help. You know, with all the uh, the diversity that we have in this country, right down to the neighborhoods, I, we could use something like this, really. And the principal aim of Neighbor Day is to build better relationships with the people who live around us, right? And especially with the elderly and people who are vulnerable. These These are the thoughts of having this kind of national celebration every year in Australia. I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that, you know, we could do here. I think it's something that would benefit the relationships that we have. Uh, You do hear of pockets of of neighborhoods and communities that really come together, really do things for each other, have barbecues in the summer, or, you know, uh, if they have uh, community centers, they do stuff in the off-season when you can't be outside. They still do things in community centers. And, And that's great. We hear pockets of it. We don't have a national day like this, and we should, and we should. Uh, a lot of things we could be doing <laughs> to, to benefit each other, you know, in America, but we don't. So, uh, so today is 
National Neighbor Day. Now, also on Friday, I think it was, was National Puppy Day. I was a day late, but, you know, we got, uh, you know, a meme or some pictures of our puppy out there on uh, Facebook. Uh, If you don't know, our puppy, Molly, the Internet's most famous schnauzer, uh, has her own Facebook page and blog website. And so we did get some National Puppy Day stuff out there. Uh, Late, I was a day late, but it looked like a lot of people were a day late or they were confused on the day. So, um, there's that. That's about it for this week in covering the national days and whatnot. Now, I'm going to occasionally drop like a punctuation mark into the chat because for some reason my chat is not working in a timely fashion. And I don't know why. And I apologize because I'm trying to make a really good point of staying connected with people in chat. Today is also Palm Sunday. Yes. If you, uh, if your faith is that of Catholic or Christian or celebratory of Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before, you guessed it, Easter Sunday is next week, which is a great reminder. <laughs> Thank you, Renee, because I probably won't be live Sunday night either. There'll probably be no Facebook broadcast. So, um, and yes, block parties, that's another great idea for this neighbor day. So maybe we need to get together. Maybe what I'll do is submit to the national holiday calendar this type of thing. I don't know what that will do uh, other than maybe start some sort of fire. I do not know. So that's that. Now, I'm going to take 90 seconds because I need to drink some of my uh, tea. And then when I come back, I want to talk about uh, the weather because it it is spring, I think. Uh, Also, I want to talk to you about Uber. If you have a few moments to spare. I'm going to talk about Uber. If you have not heard, right about uh, an hour after I got off the air last week, an autonomous car, a.k.a. self-driving car, in Arizona run by Uber hit and killed a pedestrian. So we'll talk about that technology also when I come back. So stick around if you can, please. Because I'll be right back after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back to the Joel Mahalik Show. Thanks for being with me. I am Joel Mahalik. Visit me. Please stop by and visit me at joelmahalik.com. The landing zone for everything. You can get the rebroadcast of the program on demand anytime you want. It's breaker.com. The website for that, the address for that is all over the website and the Facebook page. Facebook at JM Talk. Twitter 
at WQYB Radio. So if you're just popping in on Facebook chat, hello. Um, and I'm just going to periodically um, toss in some sort of punctuation mark because I have to find out why. The Facebook chat is not lining up <clears throat> perfectly. Unless I put something in there every couple seconds or every minute or two. Then I get hit with all your chat. So I'm not ignoring you. I don't know what Facebook is doing. So, uh, so various ways to get a hold of me. 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights. Uh, Star FM in Catskill, New York. Aaron, the previous week's show. So, you know, it is uh, springtime. I think. But the problem is, is here at the studio, we are in the state of Delaware somewhere. And not too far from the internet, inter, the internet, the, the Interstate 95 corridor. And we got pummeled this past Wednesday with another Nor'easter. Fourth Nor'easter in three weeks. Fourth. And Wednesday was the first full day of spring. And we got like eight inches here where I'm at. <laughs> so, makes you wonder... Um, I don't know what Mother Nature is doing. I don't know if she's off her meds. I don't know if she had a mini stroke. But uh, March continues to be a real crappy month. Now, I usually do tell people, I say, listen, I don't trust the weather until well into May. Because, you know, we March is uh, a give or take month, right? March, anything can happen. Uh, they usually say it comes in like a lamb and out like a lion. Or sometimes they say it comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. I I, I, th I think we can say it came in like a lion. So with uh, just barely a week to go, hopefully it leaves like a lamb. And it looks like that maybe on the weather reports. I'm not sure. But the last time that this region had four nor'easters in such close succession was in 2015 when we had four storms hit between January 26th and February 15th. So a little bit longer of a span by maybe a week, I think. No, I'm lying. That's actually a shorter span when you think about it. Shorter by a couple days. <clears throat> but that's the last time. I don't even remember that. Is that a bad thing? Anyway. Nor'easters don't always mean snow. But I think three of the four that we had, I think, brought snow with it. There was that one hell of a windy one, that's for sure. So, uh, Victor says Facebook needs a facelift. Possibly. You could be right. You gotta be careful what you wish for when it comes to Facebook, though. <laughs> so, alrighty, folks. Moving right along. So, Uber. Everybody loves Uber, right? Uh, I've never taken an Uber I don't know if anyone has listening has taken an Uber. I, you know, I, I guess it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I think it's helped in some ways, even if it's some small measure. It's probably helped cut down on uh, drunk driving, hopefully. But at about 10 p.m. last Sunday evening, a self-driving Uber struck and killed a woman crossing the street in Tempe, Arizona. Now, the Tempe Police Department reports that the vehicle, a Volvo XC90 SUV, was in autonomous mode, self-driving mode, when the crash occurred, although the car did have a human safety driver. 
Uh, and he was behind the wheel to monitor the technology and retake control in the case of an emergency or imminent crash. Hmm. The woman, Elaine Hertzberg, was transported to a local hospital where she died from her injuries. And uh, in response, Uber has pulled its self-driving vehicles off public roads in the Phoenix metro area, which includes Tempe, San Francisco, Toronto, and Pittsburgh, where the cars can also pick up passengers. And a spokesperson says that the company is cooperating with local authorities, the National Transportation Safety Board, and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration are sending investigative teams to Tempe, Arizona, for further investigation. Now, here's here's the thing. You probably imagine where I'm going with this. But uh, I say it all the time about technology and how fast and far we go. We allow it to go. And this is no different. We're talking about vehicles that drive themselves. And, you know, I started complaining about technology and cars way back when the simplest thing like DVDs, DVD players available in cars. Now, not so much the backseat. Okay, my wife has one that's available in the backseat, and it's great for when we have the grandkids and long drives or, well, actually... (laughs) Actually, even the kids. But um, the thing is, you have cars that have DVD players in the dashboard, which I think is is a problem. You know, it'll be like an all-in-one thing. It will be uh, a GPS and a stereo and the climate control and the DVD player. And that's where I started a long time ago saying, there's just something's not right here. And... It got worse from there, right? Then they started having uh, cars that parallel park themselves. Cars that will brake when you're not paying attention. Braking when you should and you're not. (laughs) So that, to me, says not paying attention. So then they put all these sensors in the car to do all these things. And now we have a self-driving vehicle. Which is absurd. I think that the old adage goes, and still stands, that if you're behind the wheel of any vehicle at all, you have to be in 100% control. And when you look at the amount of accidents and deaths because of texting and driving and distracted driving which I talked about on my premiere show and that's you know that distracted driving is partially what brought technology so fast to the automobile okay sensors now that will stop the car for you if you don't stop for whatever reason like you know someone stopped in front of you somebody's crossing in front you know uh Parallel parking your car. I always say, who's teaching people how to drive anymore? And the answer clearly is, and is becoming worse, it's that nobody's teaching them how to drive anymore. And what we're doing with technology is, is we're allowing people to be lazy behind the wheel. 
we're actually now with these autonomous vehicles allowing people to not have to worry about doing anything behind the wheel that has anything to do with driving a vehicle. You're supposed to be aware, but how do you do that? How do you say to somebody, you should be aware of what's going on and take control when needed. However, uh, it's going to drive itself, park itself, know that there's red lights to stop at, know when there's stop signs. The GPS will take you where you need to go so you don't have to turn the vehicle, give it directions, nothing like that. But by the way, make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. And that's the wrong idea. We're, we're given the wrong idea. This is probably really good technology. It's probably fantastic technology, I'm sure. But you just can't allow this kind of technology into a 2,000-pound torpedo. And it, it's bad enough. I mean, you know, before before I decided that this story had to be covered, I thought to myself, I wanted to talk about the fact that, like an update, like, hey, guys, people still don't know how to drive out there. I could, I, I could come on the show every week and complain that people don't know how to drive. I could do that every week because I see that every day. So I was going to do that like a... Like a friendly reminder, you know. Hey, guess what? People still don't know how to drive. And here I'm talking about this, and this falls right into it. So now, what happens now? Isn't that the big question? Well, now you've had this autonomous vehicle that that hit and killed somebody, you know. Now can we have a discussion about what this technology is doing and what it's not doing and how it's making things bad. Can we do that now? So, and, and you know, states, they're coming up with requirements on what has to be done to allow for autonomous drive-in testing. I just think that we, we just need to put this back on a shelf and leave it alone. We can use this technology for other good. I'm sure of it. I don't know right now what that would be, I can't tell you right now what I think that is, but I think that I know that there's something better to use this technology for than self-driving cars. You know, this is going to turn into something very similar to drunk driving or, or distracted driving. And as I said before, you know, oftentimes it's not the person who's distracted. It's not the person who's drunk that gets hurt. It's innocent people who were paying attention. And I think it's going to sort of come into play with this. Maybe not as much. I don't expect, I don't expect, and maybe this is the wrong thing to say. Maybe it's too soon to say this. I certainly don't expect an autonomous vehicle to veer across the median and kill somebody. But then again, look at the technology at your fingertips. You're watching me on Facebook. This is technology. Think of the technology and how far we've come. That's kind of scary, right? And that's the whole point that I'm making. You don't you don't know what's going to happen. How many people do you encounter who aren't as comfortable with technology? How many people aren't really even comfortable with the cloud? And they say, what happens if the cloud goes down? Right. What does happen? We may all be screwed. 
your data that you counted on being in the cloud may be screwed. But here, we're putting a, a car on the cloud. And we're saying, get on in. Watch movies, text, do your nails, brush your hair, have sex. I don't know, whatever. The car is going to drive itself. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I don't think any of this is fine. I don't think any of this is fine at all. So, you know, people with robots. You know, that's a big thing now. Having robotic assistants that you can have in your home. You know? And there's there's some stark numbers there of people, human people, who had to take control of their robot assistants because they something went wrong. This is the same thing. Same thing with Alexa. I talked about it last week. Alexa just starts talking stuff out for no reason at all. Why? Shut up, lady. If I didn't ask you for any information, I don't expect any information in return. So, Victor's making a point. You know, people, have, there's more maintenance to pay. Well, yeah. Because it's just like any other computer. You know, it, it's bad enough. I mean, look at all the things that are like the old-fashioned. Now I can say the old-fashioned computers in cars. You know, one box, a thousand wires, all your sensors reported in. And this is completely different. Now, it'll be just like, you know, a computer. You know, a couple years ago, on my previous radio program, we talked about a story about a guy, a hacker, who came forward. He was an ethical hacker, I think. Came forward and had video and, and documentation of everything. He basically took over a vehicle, not an autonomous vehicle. He took over a regular vehicle. I think it was a Jeep, actually. And he took it over by way of the, uh, uh, it was the, I think it was the Bluetooth mechanism. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that because I'm going back some years. But he was able to infiltrate the technology of the of the Bluetooth or some technology in the vehicle that was new at the time. And he was able to take control of the vehicle by way of the GPS system. So as we advance, as we push further into this autonomous self-driving cars which will be so computerized, those computers will be subject to malware, spyware, viruses, and any other malicious intent that somebody who can crack into them can. I just think that's the way it's going to be. You know? We have to look at it like that. You know, and all these companies that are developing autonomous vehicles, they don't want to put a lot of information out about what makes their cars tick. They don't want, because the competition is going to be fierce. We're talking about every manufacturer out there wanting to put out 100,000 vehicles in autonomous mode for testing across the country. So multiply 100,000 by the amount of manufacturers in the United States. And at some point, that's basically the amount of autonomous vehicles that they want to be out road testing at one time. 
And so imagine when hackers can hack into that. I've already talked about before how hackers have found a way. If you know, if you have smart home stuff, they can get into a smart device. If they can crack into a smart device, then they can start taking over things in your home. That doesn't sound very good. This is where what I'm talking about when I say, "Hey, we're moving too fast, too soon." Too far, too fast. I keep forgetting my own, and it's my own thing. I'm the one who says it. Too far, too fast. You got to slow down. Because if you remember the Air France disaster, I think it was back in 2009. It was a plane that left Rio de Janeiro, I think, heading to Paris, or vice versa. But I think it was Rio to Paris. And it went down over the Atlantic. All souls lost. And it turned out after the investigation that this, you know the plane had all these sensors. It was a computerized plane. So basically, three guys were in the cockpit watching the computers, reacting to the, whatever the computer said. Do this, do that, press this, press that. And then what happened was because of the cold air and how fast the water particles in the air froze to the sensors and ended up basically messing up the sensors... The NTSB said that at at one point, there were no less than 27 alarms going off in the cockpit. So what you had was a three-man crew in the cockpit of this plane, okay, who had training that said, basically their training taught them how to react to what the computer told them to do. They were not trained in how to manually fly this this Airbus. So the cause of the accident becomes all these alarms going off, creating confusion. They're trying to settle them. They can't. Meanwhile, the plane is losing control and going down. No one in the cockpit is trained to take the stick and fly a plane. So now, bring this back to the vehicle thing. Now what's happening? What's going to happen now? Do we just stop teaching kids when they turn 16 how to drive? You don't know how to know. You don't need to know how to drive. You can just hop into your Ford self-driving car, take you wherever you want, just punch it in on the old GPS, and then go ahead and text, play Minecraft, whatever you want to do. You know this this type of technology has to be looked at and looked at and looked at. And it's an evolution. It's not a it's not a revolution. It's an evolution. Now maybe the point is they need to tap the brakes on this. They need to tap the brakes on this, slow down, take a step back, and before we do something like this, is it so bad to ask you to teach the children how to drive? Before you teach children and teenagers that they don't need to know anything. We need to teach them how to drive. We're already missing that point because I see it every day. They don't know how to drive out there. I see it every day. So now we need to start teaching them. These these are the people that I say it all the time will be taking care of us in one form or another years down the line. But right now they get into a 2,000 pound bomb and they don't care how they're driving. They don't care how they 
they're not signaling changing lanes. They're not signaling their turns. They don't yield their turns. They don't watch when they pull out of driveways. They speed. They're texting while they're driving. Somewhere along the line, it became okay for them to text and drive. We have to stop this. We have to correct this before we put a million cars on a road that supposedly drive themselves. I I am not probably at all in my lifetime going to own one. I'm probably never in my lifetime going to believe that they're safe. Anyway. I, I, I just don't know. So... My email address is joelmaholicradio at gmail.com and you can surely let me know what you think. I'll probably put a poll up on Facebook this week and see what you guys think about the autonomous driving cars. But speaking of Facebook, uh, I have not really gotten any new responses on the question of what did your mother say to you that scared the hell out of you way back when. So I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to pull that segment off with the little information I have. If you're interested and you haven't heard this yet, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Then, oh, well, thank you, Windows, for bothering me during my show. Um, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, then hop on over to the Facebook page at JM Talk, and there is a question in the timeline, and maybe I'll move it up the ladder, and it says, you know, I want to know. I want to do a show. I want to know what your mother said to you that literally scared the hell out of you when you were a kid. I mean, were you bad? And then your mother said something to you, you know. What did she say that just made you shake and shiver? Um, I, I want to talk about that as a subject. I think that would be cool and nostalgic. But I need some more responses. So if you haven't heard about that, go right over there. Give it another week or so. And then I'll just, if I have to, I'll just, I'll get a shovel and I'll bury the subject. It's okay. There's other things we can talk about. So, but uh, right now, what I want to talk about is I'm going to go to break. Another, another 90 seconds. When we come back, we obviously have Wombat of the Week to handle tonight. So we'll have that. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do about this Facebook. I'm just going to keep updating it with a comma or a slash or something just to make sure I get all the messages. But So don't go anywhere. I'm coming back right after this. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back. I'm Joel Mahalik. This is the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm so glad you're here. 
Maybe you're listening on Spreaker.com. Thank you very much. You can go there, too, for the on-demand services and downloads if you'd like. Uh, maybe you're there on Facebook Live with me. It's kind of hard to tell this week because I don't know what Facebook is doing. Maybe I'm being punished for something. But I actually, I have to put in, like, something. Like, I'm putting in a, dropping a period in, and I hit enter. And then it updates any of the chats and, and stuff like that. So I apologize uh, for that if you're in there. And if it seems like things just don't happen. I don't know. It was working fine. I don't know. So that's what's going on. The website, if you want to go to, is joelmahalik.com. Uh, you'll remember uh, my first episode back with the Joel Mahalik Show. I was actually on the pre-show, and I was uh, showing you the, the studio desk, and I said I, I couldn't really show you the studio because it was it was a mess. And it was, and it still is kind of, but I want to tell you, I'm really proud of myself because yesterday I got a lot of it cleaned up. I may even sound different, that's how much I got cleaned up. Pulled a lot of trash out of here, and, uh, and we put some black backdrops up uh you'll see more changes uh actually new professional backdrops are ordered so we'll be continuing to change the studio around so it looks awesome so i mean i would i don't know if i could actually turn this and say hey see check now you see there's a monitor there's a box over there i mean there was like you know uh, three monitors and 17 boxes over there. I mean, there's just no way you could do anything. I mean, I can actually, I can store my shoes over there now. Uh, if Molly wanted to come in during the program, she's got a whole lot more floor. She had like, you know, uh, like a, a one foot by two foot area to lay down. And now she, the world is her oyster. She can lay down anywhere she wants now in here. So that's really awesome. So it got a lot done in the, in the studio and still more to do, but I just wanted, I wanted to share that with you, you know, because we're like family here. And I wanted you to know that I basically, I cleaned my room. It's <laughs> basically what I'm saying. I cleaned my room, mom and dad. <laughs> so, uh, Victor's telling me not to worry about it because Facebook is slow all over. I know we don't have a lot of viewers tonight on Facebook too. I don't know if there's something more important than me going on on television. I can't imagine that even being the case, but hey, that's all right. That's all right. That's what we have the on-demands for. That's what we have our affiliates for, airing the shows for us. That's what we have YouTube for. That's what we have all that for us. So you'll be able to catch the video on YouTube or the audio on Spreaker, and you're still going to get the show, which is cool. So, but yeah, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, also, I wanted to uh, mention Stranger Things, which is what I'm watching. That's my new thing right now. Put a few more episodes in today. Uh, I got to say, I am still very thoroughly enjoying the show. What's interesting is a couple uh, episodes ago, we talked about Counterpart. We were talking about, hey, what am I watching on TV? And I said that after about three or four episodes, I gave up. There was just, you know, they just weren't doing it. I don't know how to explain what they weren't doing, but they weren't doing what they should have been doing. And it was very hard to latch on. Like, there were things going on. But they weren't really delivering the plot line. Now, Stranger Things, and this is strange, get it? Pun intended. What's strange about Stranger Things is, I'm four episodes in, and again, like like Counterpart, you have an idea of what's probably going on. But even though they're 
there's not been a really big reveal yet, they really keep you interested. And that's the different thing. So if you look at the counterpart, they, you know, you have this, it's taken forever to get to, you know, you just feel like in your head, it's like, okay, what, what is really going on? What is really going on? You still don't know what's really going on in Stranger Things four episodes in, but you have you have ideas, and they keep giving you ideas to what's going on. And the thing about it is, it leaves me to my own imagination up to this point. Until you really know what's going on in that lab, until you really know what's going on with the disappearance of these people. So. I will say I'm still thoroughly enjoying Stranger Things on Netflix. So, um, you can just, uh, you can message me and tell me what you're watching. If you're watching anything really cool out there, I don't know. Um, I, I, there's so many things that look cool. It's, it comes down to, do I have the time to make that additional investment? And that's what it comes down to. I started watching Stranger Things like three weeks ago. I had a snow day this week. I still only have four episodes in. There's, I mean, because there's other things, right? There's other things. And so for me, and this isn't the same for everybody. There are a lot of people with, you know, who seem to have nothing to do and plenty of time. I'm not one of those people. So it's an investment. Like, it, it's a relationship I have to start with that series. Or at least an initial investment to see if I would like the series. But I'm just amazed by all the things. You remember there was like a handful of shows when we, when we were kids. Unless you're if you're a millennial, you know. So I know I got different age groups here. Um, when I was a kid, we had like three channels and not a whole lot of shows. So basically, you watched all the shows all the time. And it's not like that. There's a million of them out there. So um, this weekend I did uh, watch Justice League. Um, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I will say that I will agree with a lot of the... I don't follow critics. You know that. And if you don't know that, you know that now. I do not follow what critics say about movies and TV shows. Um, I would rather... Um, yes, the Andy Griffith show. Yes. <laughs> I would rather take the word of peers, people in groups, people in my circles, friends, family... On what they say about movies, I don't pay attention to what critics say. So, but a lot of people in a lot of circles had some, you know, bad things to say about Justice League. It obviously wasn't as good as Man of Steel. Of course, Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman, Superman versus Batman, whatever, that wasn't as strong as Man of Steel. Man of Steel was such a powerful introduction to the reboot. And then I feel like they were in an autonomous vehicle that veered off the road and crashed into a into a ravine. So, and the other thing too is, I know they use a lot of CGI in these films, and CGI is becoming more and more prominent. And I know they used a lot, especially like if you watch the Wonder Woman movie, you can tell they had to do CGI for her a lot. But Henry Cavill, Superman looked completely CGI. Like I'm asking myself, did he even show up for work? 
Did I mean, really, was he even there, or did they have to do CGI because he backed out? That's how much he looked like CGI. I'm just saying. So, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. And, uh, but it, you know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't not like it to the point where we shut it off. I mean, obviously we watched it start to finish and paused it once or twice to do something, but made it all the way through. So that's about my life with television movies. Also, we watched Pitch Perfect 3 today, which was better than 2, but not as good as 1. If you're into that kind of thing, and maybe I shouldn't have told you I am. But anyway, so uh, so that has to do with that. Now, um, also, as far as what's going on with how stuff's done. So, didn't take a break, did take a little bit of a break. And I said, you know, instead of saying, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I, I did tell you last week I was going to give you a more uh, possibly definite start date. Um, and I think it's going to be probably the second week of May. There are some, just some things like in the non-show life that, uh, are taking some precedence. And then we started filming and then I learned a couple quick, easy techniques with camera work. And that means I need to reshoot some stuff. And instead of saying, Hey, maybe next week, maybe two weeks. I'm just going to slate it in for the second week of May. I say the second week of May and I don't have a date for you because I'm not sure. I have to find out from the marketing people what is a good day of the week to release a weekly YouTube series. Um, So, you know, what is the best day of the week for the new releases? I need to find out what that is so I can kind of capitalize a little bit on the popularity of the day of the week or maybe an off day of the week to capitalize on that as well. So we're slating it for the second week of May, getting that done. And like I say, that's just a combination of some things happening in the non-show life of the of the man known as Joel Mahalik. And um, also because some techniques, you know, I I told you this was going to, this is just a, a, a good old witty raw type of show, but I'm learning some techniques with the camera that I can't dismiss. I have to I have to do these things. They're too good to pass up. They're too good not to pass up. So um, if you've been wondering. Oh, it looks like Victor was wondering. So it's going to be uh, that. Oh, Victor's making a suggestion for us. Monday or Friday. Take that under consideration right now. And we'll see what the marketing people say about that. I think I had heard Fridays before. So, um, okay. Any hoozy waddy. So, uh, this is the part of the show where we do our wombat of the week. And, uh, another one out of Pennsylvania. We had, we had local ones last week. I had more than one the last couple weeks, but this week I went back to one because of a time thing, just having so much stuff to go over tonight in the show and, and the length of the subject matter. And then I really would like to see, and it's a good thing I didn't say last week I would do it because... Our numbers dropped, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Now. I got to find out what went on tonight that dropped our numbers in Facebook. But when we get a regularly a regular crowd rumbling in every Sunday night, I want you guys to vote on it. I want to give you guys like three wombats, and then you guys vote on the wombat of the week. But anyway, coming out of Pennsylvania, 
is our Wombat of the Week this week. And you're going to like this. Um, the Mariana, Pennsylvania, Mariana Police, I'm sorry, Mariana Man, accused of robbing a Bentleyville bank, apparently wrote his name on a note he handed the teller demanding money during the robbery. Glenn Allen Flory Jr., age 30, was charged Wednesday by Chief Richard Young. You can tell this comes from a local newspaper because there's more information than you really need or want, right? Uh, He's charged with two counts of robbery, five counts of reckless endangerment, and one count each of terroristic threats, harassment, and theft. Flory is accused of robbing the CFS Bank branch. (laughs) Again, on Main Street. Who cares? If I'm talking about this in California, what does that mean? This is a local paper. Flory reportedly entered the bank just before 3.40 p.m. and approached the teller, asking her for a deposit slip. Flory allegedly wrote a note demanding money that stated, Just give me the money and nothing else will happen. That's my impression of Flory. He then reportedly signed his own name to the note. Flory then fled from the bank after getting more than $1,300. So, obviously, this this is the obvious part, police were able to identify him from his signature, as well as video surveillance. Uh, He was traced to the racetrack road area of North Strabane Township. He was taken into into custody by North Strabane Police about four hours after the robbery. Now, Flory reportedly admitted to Bentleyville Police in a statement to, to his involvement in the robbery. He was charged last month by South Strabane Township Police for burglarizing his former employer, Penn Station East Coast Subs, on Old Mill Boulevard, in case you need to know that. Uh, He allegedly used his key to enter the restaurant after it closed for business, and then used a code to enter the safe and steal money. I mean, this guy is a real winning wombat. I mean, this takes the cake. I mean, North Strabane... For bank robbery, South Strabane for burglarizing a sub shop that he worked at. I mean, this guy's got North and South covered. He's covering everything. So, <laughs> uh, if Flory, who has been Washington County Jail and parole detainer, is scheduled to be arraigned Tuesday before District Judge Curtis Thompson on the Bentleyville robbery charges, he's scheduled for April 11th for preliminary hearing before Judge Thompson. Uh, North Strabane police also plan to file drug-related charges against him as well. This guy, and look, we got this visual thing. I can look. Oh, look at that! Look at this Facebook Live. There's your wombat of the week. This guy's got problems, man. Problems, I tell you. <laughs> so. I thought that he covered a, a, a lot, a lot of good bases. For hi Heather, joining joining the Facebook Live. Uh, so I thought this guy had his bases covered uh, with quite a few. Uh, I actually was not shooting for that until I, because usually I read like the first paragraph or two of a story, and I go, okay, this goes into the pile or this goes into the trash, and uh, so I had him in the pile, and then when I read the full story, I'm like, oh man, no, no, he takes the cake, you know. Robbing a bank in this part of town, employer in that part of the town, drug charges. I mean, that's the thing. Now, you can get involved. 
you can send me an email at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com or better yet, mail wombat at joelmaholic.com and send your stories of wombat. Stupid people doing stupid things. That's who I'm trying to put on display here. And you can send your stories in and, uh, you know, see if it makes the air. Uh, Eventually at some point, as I said, when we get enough people, I want to be able to open it up for the chat to vote. That's what I really want to do. I want you guys to tell me. I don't mind voting. Uh, I find myself, I'm always on the, I'm looking at these stories. I'm sitting on the couch while the wife is watching TV and I'm always giggling, chuckling and laughing. And so about, you know, four or five times a night as I'm going through these papers, I, I I get asked, what are you laughing at? So then I get to share the stories with her. Uh, It just amazes me sometimes that there's people out there that do these things. It's kind of crazy. But send them in to me at wombat at joelmaholic.com. Uh, you can also message me on Facebook. Email me at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. However you want to do it, you can get your stories in. Stupid people doing stupid things. And uh, and if it's somebody that didn't make the news, maybe someone you work with that's stupid doing stupid things, you just got to be able to write it up. I got to have some details. So that's your chance to be a news writer, right? So you can do it that way too if you'd like. So... So, so, I tell myself every week, stop saying so, so much. It's very so, so of you. (laughs) Anyway, so just a reminder, tell your friends, stop by Spreaker.com, go to the website or the Facebook, and you can get that link because you can get the uh, episodes in on demand. So if you're just coming in, like some people are in the last few minutes, and you say, wow, I missed the show, you can get it on demand Five minutes after the show's over, over there at Spreaker. Or you can come back to Facebook and watch it. Or sometime during the next day after the show, these Facebook Lives wind up on YouTube. So I'm all over social media with it. You have chances to see that. Otherwise, visit me at joelmaholic.com and check out the news page, see what's happening. The most, most news there winds up over on the other place as well. Um, uh, what's that other place called? Facebook. Facebook. It's called Facebook. Facebook's been such a thorn in my side tonight. It really has. And I have to find out why. But I appreciate all your patience uh, during the process. In the meantime, I'm going to sign off for now. As you can hear, my voice is going to garbage. And I will see you guys next Sunday night. Oh, no, I won't. It's Easter. You won't see me. And you may or may not hear anything. I may actually pre-record and put something up for the audio. But keep checking because you'll find out then. Have a good night, everybody. We'll catch you later. <laughs>